Let me, hey John, let me uh, wel welcome everybody uh, that's here and everybody that's not here that will be here tonight or tomorrow, whenever they get the chance to watch this recording. It's a, uh, it's a delight to be with you as ever. There's nothing I really like uh, doing much better than this. Mark, how are you? Good to Pretty see good. you. Yeah. You too. The, uh, and Deb, nice to have you here is again, and, and David, always a pleasure. Philip, hello. The uh, Robin, and John again, Adam, and Kathy, whose video is not showing, and uh, Tom and Michelle, how are y'all? So, um, we have a little bit of an international group here. So just to, just a touch on it is that Philip is in the UK, Robin is in Denmark, uh, Adam is in the uh, Czech Republic. Is anybody else out of the U.S.? Okay, well, it's still still good representation. I think there'll be someone here from Spain shortly, unless uh, unless she's detained. So, um, what are we going to talk about? Let me let me share something, and for some of you may have read the post that I did this week on, uh, on Betsy's incident. So if you haven't read it, I'll give you just the quick lowdown, which is the fact that Betsy went in for minor surgery. She had an uh, allergic reaction to, um, uh, she had an allergic reaction to the, well, let me, let me cut this up just a little bit. I just forgot that I had y'all hearing me better now. Yeah, right. I had it down because of the music. So uh, the so now I got to remind me if I forget that next time, because I think I'm gonna. The, the, I thought the music was kind of a nice touch. The, did y'all hear that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, Betsy had an allergic reaction to the anesthetic, and she almost died on me. Just that, it, and and then within. Uh, uh, three hours or so, we were uh, walking out of the hospital as if nothing had ever happened. It was just nuts. And um, because one, the half-life of the drug was so short that it worked its way out of the system. And once she was, we had, we had Betsy back. And she has had a, you know, her blood pressure went to 200 over 120. And she's had, she, then they gave her a bunch of drugs to pull her down and stuff. So she's, there's been a little bit of recovery there, but nothing, nothing major. Um, so the Michelle, good to see you or not see you as it were. Hi. Hi. And so, oh, and, and there's, there's Caroline in Spain, I think. CM. So, uh, the, sorry to blow your anonymity there. The, so one of the things that I discovered which I, I mean, I had no clue about this. I would never have, I really would have never guessed that, that, that the situation would have been met with what it was met with because as Betsy was over there trying and they were trying to trying to have a stroke, they were people around me and saying, you know, don't worry, we're going to get it. Don't worry. And, and I realized that I actually did not know how to worry and which just flabbergasted me. It was like, wow, I'm, I'm not worried. 
I'm not even sure how you would do that. And it just floored me. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. And then there's another couple of things in that incident that I think would be worth touching on if we had the time. And if we don't, that's fine. The, but this not worrying thing, it, it occurred to me afterwards that the, and then the other thing was, is that I tried to project um, what it would be like when I left the hospital and was on the way home to do some things and then go back to the hospital, then um, it, it, you know, went through my mind. So this could be, you know, this, this could be it, it. And what would life be like without Betsy? And I, and I couldn't imagine that. And I couldn't project it. I just couldn't get, in other words, I couldn't project a future. It just couldn't, I couldn't get there. I couldn't find any alarm. I couldn't find any particular, I was concerned for Betsy in terms of her comfort, but I couldn't personally get alarmed or concerned or, and, and, and this pro, not projecting the future is why I just, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get there. Let me pull in just a little bit, see if that's better. So I just couldn't get there. I just couldn't get, I, I, I just, because I couldn't, I couldn't get alarmed because there was nothing wrong. And in the post, I say that I've, I flipped it to full on oneness, but I realized that I really didn't. It's just something I told myself. What happened was I noticed when, when one is not completely rose to the foreground to where there was just like a, a ghost of a Fred in the room. That was all. And, and I could observe that situation, but I couldn't find anything wrong with it. I couldn't find, I couldn't find a problem. I couldn't see where, um, well, I could see that I was not under threat, meaning that I could see that oneness was not under threat, that oneness was not in trouble. I didn't know what was, uh, I, I didn't have an idea going into that scene as to what should be happening. You know, I mean, I certainly didn't expect this. I, they took me into the, the pre-op room just for me to kiss her goodbye. And I spoke to the, uh, you know, wish her luck or whatever. I, I shook hands with the doctor and all that. And then while I'm shaking, sitting there talking to the doctor, alarms started going off. And, but, you know, doctors and nurses converged. But, there was still no alarm because I simply couldn't get out of the moment. And not that I was looking to escape the moment, but I just noticed that there wasn't any pull to, to, to leave that, to project that moment, to project a better moment that might come in the future, like, oh, everything's fine, or a worse moment in the future, like, oh, now it's really screwed up. I just, there was none of that. There was just, I see. So th this is, so this is how things are going. Well, it looks like she's in very good hands and the, it, actually there wasn't even that because there was not, uh, the, the, um, uh, my memory is, is screwing up with my telling the story, but if I, if I actually go back and look at it, then I see that, <clears throat> There was no she's in good hands because there was really no she there. And this is this type of of 
of surrender into oneness. Not that I'm not oneness. I am oneness, so I can't actually surrender into it. But there is a there is an experience that oneness is having through this unit, which there's no point in denying that. That's we don't have to get rid of that. We don't want to place too much stock in that, but we don't have to to get rid of it. And when I was seeing from, and I'm always seeing from that place on a lower level, but clarity is is kind of a passive thing. Is that because I don't wake up in the mornings, you know, and go, oh boy, I'm awake again. How about this? And nor do I wake up in the mornings and go, oh, I'm a male again. This is so great. This continuity of my my of of sexuality or that I'm a human being again. I'm so glad I'm not a pig this morning. I, do, I just don't go through that. Right. So it's any more than you do. So I don't go through the, Oh, I'm oneness thing, or I'm so glad to be awake or anything like that. It's just, this is the way things are. And the way things are is going to mute. I forgot to mute you guys. So let me do that now so that we don't have any um, background stuff. Here we go. Okay. Everybody's muted, and I think you all know that you unmute yourself with the little microphone over there on the left-hand side when we're ready to talk, and that you uh, press that little icon in the middle of your screen and hit raise your hand if you want to talk once I'm done with whatever it is I'm doing. So... This I don't know exactly where I was, don't know that it matters, but I was but but there was just this moment. Oh, I know what I was saying. Is that is that on a on a moment to moment basis in my daily life, as in some of yours, there is it's not a matter of this is just the way that I see and the way that I, the way that I exist, it's, is that there is just one thing going on. I mean, that's always seen, but it's seen in a background sort of way. It's not, Hey, Barbara, good glad you could join us. The, um, so it's, it's seen in a background sort of way. Because, you know, I don't go down into the kitchen and say, well, I think oneness will have itself a glass of milk, right? I mean, it's just not like that. I go down and I pour myself a glass of milk, same way that you do. There appears to be, I appear to be, there. Appear, there's my experience as oneness is that, is that I, through the Fred unit, am having a glass of milk. I don't differentiate between Fred and oneness in that in any kind of a hard category. In, in other words, I live my life. I just live my life in the same way that I would recommend that you live yours. I don't get caught up in the non-dual philosophy of who's here and who's thinking, who could be doing, though there's no free will. There's because there's not there is no free will in from the universal view, that's very, very clear. But that doesn't mean that there's not free will in the dream. In that same incident, 
I actually had a student write me about this, which was a good up thing on her take, uh, I mean, good take on her part, because I didn't even notice it when I wrote it. She said, you know, I think it's interesting that Betsy made a choice because there was a play. Betsy, her sense is that she was dying. That's what she felt was that she was dying. And she thought, all I have to do is just go to sleep and it's over, which was actually okay. It didn't seem to be anything to be alarmed about, but she was able to project a future, if you will. And it was a just the future of uh, me and the dogs and cat defending for ourselves, which she knew that that would be very challenging <laughs> at the very best. And she could see that it was going to gravely upset her parents who are 90 and 96 and don't need any big shocks. <laughs> and so she made a decision. I'm not dying. I'm not going to sleep. And then she's under heavy, and she got heavy morphine in her and is trying to pull her. And for all I know, death is trying to pull her. Who knows? But I just can't, I can't know about all that. But, she felt that she made, there was a, she, it felt like there was a Betsy there on some level. I can't explain it because I wasn't there, but it, whether it was Betsy or Betsy-ness or whatever, I'm, I'm, I don't know. The report that I get is that it felt like she was just about to die and she made the decision not to. So who was it that made the decision? And was a decision really made? Now, from the universal view, it seemed quite clearly that no one made, there, there's no one there to make that decision. It's also clear that since there's no one there to make that decision, any decision that appearance makes cannot affect things on the universal level. I mean, it's just, you know, I'd have to worry about getting rid of a cold I don't have. I mean, it's that kind, of, it's kind of, that kind of thing. So, but you know, on a but on a but on the level of the dream, which is our experience, this is the reason. I mean, we, we can say it's the dream, but we can't ever say, "Oh, it's just a dream." Oh, you know. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a magnificent. It's incredible. I mean, the truth, not much to say there, you know, only one thing going on, you're it. How about that? You're, you're, you're none that's having a dream of oneness. It's having a sense of, in, that's having the dream of individuality. Boop, next, next. Ultimately, that's it. There's not a lot to talk about with the truth, but man, this dream is unending. It is just, it is just remarkable. The dream is unending because I am unending. So it's, when it's acknowledged as a dream, then we can see that, that my, the, the truth of my driving point here, which is that it counted for me how things went for Betsy. On some level, there was a, I mean, I, because I was, there was a great, there was really just more love there than anything else. There was just love and that she'd be, that, that, that's all I can say. It wasn't necessarily concern as much as it was love. But how Betsy does in her life counts for me. How you guys do in your lives count for me. I got an email late last night from a regular student of mine who hit a 
really hard place in the road and wrote me and I got up and met him at 10 o'clock this morning so that we could talk about it because what matters, what's happening in his life, I don't care if it's a, if it's a dream or not. That's just, it, it still matters to him or it counts. It counts. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. He knows that too, but he had forgotten that. Everything counts. Nothing matters. What I could see there with Betsy was that everything was unfolding perfectly. It was unfolding just as it was unfolding. There was nothing out of place, nothing out of order. I couldn't find, I couldn't find anything wrong. That doesn't, that doesn't mean there wasn't tremendous love and compassion for the one who was in trouble. There was, and I took every precaution, every practical precaution that I could in that situation, which means I did not get in the way, nor did I say anything. <laughs> I just let the doctors and nurses do their job. And I touched Betsy on the shoulder and, and told her everything, truthfully, that everything's okay. Everything's fine. You're going to be fine. And when, like when the ambulance came to take her from the clinic to the hospital, and I told her, I said, you know, there's going to be a, some, an ambulance here in a minute, and they're going to bring in a stretcher, and there's going to be some guys, and they're going to be moving kind of frantically like there's something wrong here, because that's just what they do, and it's okay. That's their job. But I don't want you to think that there's actually anything wrong here, because everything's fine. <laughs> and this was the truth. But if Betsy had died, it would have broken my heart. And I, I would assume that I, would, I can't really know because I would have never known that I would have been the way I was in that situation. But I would assume that there would be a, a lot of grief here. That's okay. That's what would be happening at, that's what would be happening then. The idea of, of this teaching is to not to put us at arm's length with relativity. It is to keep us from being the captive of relativity. The, our focus is always on the arising the content of this arising. What is, what am I looking at? What's the content of this arising? But really this is, it counts, but it doesn't matter because it just, it's just going to do this, you know? I mean, it's, this, this, is, this is what it does, you know? Just get it just like you want and it won't stay there long. You end up in a, go, go to a bad situation, it, it won't stay there permanently. Things that the, even if the situation doesn't change, if you're in prison for life, the your outlook on that is subject to change. And then guess what? Where I'm looking from completely changes what I'm looking at. And that's just, that's a truth. It sounds like a new age truth. I understand that, but it is the truth. The decisions that we make in our lives 
the unconscious decisions, like I'm going to go downstairs and have a and have a glass of milk. I, I don't think that out. It just sort of happens. When I get in behind the wheel of the car, I don't think, okay, now I'm going to touch the start button and then I'm going to put my hand on the, you know, on the shifter and put it in R and do this and that and the other. I just get in the car and it just all happens. It's all pattern oriented. It's, I don't need to get lost in philosophy on how to do that. I just live my life. I notice that there's something behind me. I'm careful when I back up. Also notice that there's not anything behind me. I'm careful when I back up because I don't trust what I'm seeing. There is within the dream, within our experience, there is cause and effect. It feels to all the world to Fredness, like it's picking this up and showing it to you. I know that's not true, but but I'm not going to get lost in that because it's just because it's not true in a universal sense. There, in a universal sense, there's no you, there's no me, and there's no yin yang. There's just energy, whatever, right? That's just that. That's. That's, that's, that is the, if you want directions to hopelessness, go there. <laughs> that's the shortest path to hopelessness I know, is to decide that there's nothing, there's nothing here to do, no one to do it, da da da, da. I went through that. And I was, and I got, until, and, and when I got depressed enough and willing to be fixed from that, then I stumbled across the teaching that I needed to come out of it. And I have people that are with that are in this all the time, which I don't want to do anything. Well, hell, I don't either, but I notice I do. Right? What I really want to do, and it feels to me, is I want to stay in bed with my little with my little dogs all day. I don't ever want to get out of that bed. Why would you want to get out of a bed that was so so happy and fluffy and warm? But I notice it gets out of bed anyway that it's not actually about what I want because the one who's thinking this is what I want to do. That's, that's the one who doesn't exist. That's Fredness. You can't satisfy him. It doesn't matter what you do. You cannot satisfy him. I, found, I have found this out, but what I have discovered is that in the absence of the seeking for happiness, then happiness is already here. Satisfaction is already here if I look, but I have to look at the looker, not at the content of the arising. I have to be willing to come back and back and back and understand that I, I may very well be this. It's pretty hard to say that I'm all of oneness except for this. It doesn't matter if oneness exists or not. All of that is just Buddha's dancing on the head of a pen. The experience is, is that I am here. The ex my experience is that there's free will. I can utilize that to apparently affect the dream. It's a dream. 
So it's dream free will. A, a dream character is having is is having a dream of free will. Okay. We don't have to blow past that. We can notice. I can notice that there is, I mean, because it's all well and good for me to tell you not to care about what you're doing, but I've noticed this thing frantically works 12, 14 hours a day on, on this teaching, even when I know it's a stupid thing to do, that there's absolutely no reason to teach. Well, who's teaching what, right? We're just, it's just getting, it's, but we're, we are, we are because the teaching is really about the dream. It's not about truth. We introduce ourselves to truth. We come to know the truth. And then we want to see how does that affect my apparent experience in the dream? How does it expect my, how does it, how does it affect my sense of individuality? Can I, can the, can the dream be more skillful? Can it be more joyful? Does that count? Not in the universal. Does it count in my experience? You betcha. This is a very subtle thing I'm, that I'm talking about. I don't know how well I'm presenting it, so I'm not going to present it any, any further into this. I'm just going to open it up to questions. Who has a question? Barbara? A um, couple of things came to mind as you were talking, and I was thinking, of, only because I had some dreams last night while I was sleeping, I thought, okay, well, I was dreaming when I was asleep, and this is a dream, you know? Yeah, right. uh, uh, you know, and so just a little, some sort of clarity around that. Yeah. And also a little bit about, um, I think I was reading in your book, or it could be one of the posts, because I, I read the post and the book kind of really close together a little bit about, um, you know, the period of time where you talked about could have just sat and lived in my living room chair. Um, and then you talked about, you know, going through some depression. And at that time, prior to reading your book, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I'd just been spending months in my living room chair. Yes. And sometimes still do. Yes. So, as long as, you know, the thing is, is that I couldn't sit. See, when I say I could have sat in my living room, that now there's where I'm confusing the, the dream with the truth. I couldn't have sat in my living room mm -hmm. because I was going to be moved out of that place. Right. Where my, where my apparent free will comes in is that what I notice is that there's a tug for me to get out of the chair. And my free will is simply surrender to that. Now it may feel like to me that I got something to do and I get and I need to do it. That's fine. That's the way it's working. It's working through that. It doesn't make any difference. It's the same way that I, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't make any difference what vehicle is used in order to get you to do what you do. Maybe it may be egoic. That's fine. I mean, it just because that's what is doesn't mean that that's actually what's the truest of the true, but it does mean that that's the practical action that I can take right now, which is I can is is that I can be willing to say, you know, I could just sit in this living room all day long because I could. 
I mean, it, it feels like I could. I couldn't. If I could, I would. Mm-hmm. Doing that, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the whole point is, if I if once in a while, the only time I get concerned about my work is when I notice that I've become a captive to the computer. In other words, I will come in late at night to do after Betsy's gone to sleep to do a little something. <laughs> And I get up and leave the computer two or three hours later because I've been on my damn website. I've been writing a post. I've been answering email. I've been doing whatever it is. There's this is the as Betsy says, this is the job that never ends. There, this job, this job will take exactly as much as I give it, and then and still be wanting. So there's no point in my. Typically, I don't mind that. But once in a while, when the unit's really tired, I can feel the resistance. It's like rebellion. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not going to sit in this chair any longer. And there's no one there to say that. So what? It feels like there is. Do you see this? It's We have to... Before, when I was chasing enlightenment, Mountains were mountains and rivers were rivers. When I found enlightenment, mountains were no longer mountains and rivers were no longer rivers. After enlightenment, mountains were mountains and rivers were rivers. This is what I'm talking about. This is the full circle. This is the this is the full circle. The coming back. The mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers. We got to get out of the. Well, we don't have to do anything. But one thing we could do would be to get out of the idea that this understanding is somehow limiting me because it's not. If you're it's if it's limiting you you don't quite have it yet or you don't have it you're not quite clear yet it's it is it is giving you the opportunity giving one of you who am i talking about oneness it is giving oneness the uh, giving consciousness it's giving consciousness the, the 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 opportunity to live consciously knowingly through this unit and 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 it's not so that i can and i'm not having that experience so i can dis relativity <laughs> do you see what i'm saying yeah. it's it's so that it because the idea is not to go around relativity it's not to pole vault over relativity it's not to resist rel- this teaching is to help us embrace this arising regardless of the content that's what happened with Betsy. And it wasn't anything I did, but I noticed it happened and I noticed I didn't resist it. I did not, I did not catch the fever that everybody else had. I didn't want them to catch my fever. I mean, I, I, as I look back on it, I mean, at the moment I didn't think like this at all, but if I look back on it, I wouldn't have wanted them to catch my fever, which was, which was that everything's fine. No, 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 leave her be. But <clears throat> But I didn't catch theirs, which is was the frantic notion that there's something fundamentally wrong here. 
because that is the seed of the dream, always. There's something wrong here. That's what, that's what we believe. And what we're trying to do is get to the next moment when there won't be something wrong here. Mm-hmm. That moment ain't coming. It's just not coming. That's not the nature of this dream. This is the nature of this dream, which means there's opening and resistance, opening and resistance. We have to be willing to open, to, essentially to wake up, to become alert over and over and over again. Because and we all wanted to do the one-shot deal. I get it. I did too. Man, <laughs> I surrender. Okay, I'm going to get the gifts of whatever they are, and then I can go back to drinking beer and watching football. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, just the – but it doesn't work like that. Right. It's uh, – yeah, I know you know. So it's – if you're sitting in the living room, then – by all means, sit there fully. Don't sit in the living room thinking I should be up typing or, or writing or doing whatever it is you do. Mm-hmm. That's what we tend to do. Exactly. exactly. And we're wrong in two ways there. Number one, we're calling God on the carpet because we're saying, because we're not calling, there's no us to call on the carpet. We're the, the unit can't be out of place. It can't be doing the wrong thing. It can look like it's doing the wrong thing. If it's our unit, it can feel like, if it's the unit we're most identified with, it can feel like that what's happening to it is wrong. It rarely feels like what I'm doing is wrong. I notice you screw up pretty regular. But it can feel like what's happening to me is very wrong. But it's just, it's, it's all happening. It's, you know, the, the getting back to me. When I talked with my friend this morning who had this big thing going on in his life. And it was just, and he called me because he had in mind that it might be a mistake. <laughs> you know, that he'd finally caught God with his pants down. And it was the seeing that this too, this, this altercation that you're having here, that's just there to wake you up. As long as you fight it, you can't wake up from it and you'll be miserable. Mm -hmm. So, but he doesn't have to surrender to way the the way things are going to be five years from now or one year from now or next week. We only have to surrender to this arising. This moment, and and the idea that there was, and see, the thing is, at any given moment in that pre-op room, there was there was just what was going on. The only way you could know there was anything wrong is if you knew what should be going on. There were doctors and nurses who did. They did their job. They felt like they knew what was going on. They took all practical measures, and it turned out exactly perfectly. For everybody concerned, it you know it looked it looked to all of us like that scene. I mean, it, it, it looks in my mind when I look back at it that that scene is all about Betsy. 
you know, but it may be all about that anesthesiologist too. You can bet it is. What did I give her? Did I give her too much? What did I did? Did I do something wrong here? What can I do to bring her blood pressure down? If you're going to be in the living room, enjoy the living room. Fully enjoy it because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, when you start getting the sense, the haunting sense that, well, I've probably sat here long enough and I really do need to take out the trash. <laughs> probably you're moving toward taking out the trash. Be open to that too. Don't be thinking, well, I shouldn't have to take out the trash. I should be able to. There's no should. There's no should. I'm sitting in the living room this moment. I'm fully enjoying that. I'm taking out there. And when you take out the trash, you can take out the same thing that you can notice the exact same thing that I noticed on the way when I was driving from the hospital to my house, which is, wow, it's just a beautiful day. I don't have to, I don't have to stack everything up. I can take this moment as it is, this moment as it is, this moment as it is. You can live this thing frame by frame, but you can't, but you can only live this frame. Right. Well, what's happening when this, if, if a sense of boredom arises? So that shouldn't be here. We're, well, absolutely. It's like, ooh, <laughs> this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't be here. So uh, I, I sent myself an email because I want to do a meditation on it and record it. I just thought about it while I was in the bathroom, which is that the um, how am I resisting this moment? That's what I want to find out. How am I resisting this moment? Because and, and if, if and if we stop any any place right now, like right now at this moment, I notice that my shoe is kind of caught up against the bottom of my desk. And the, that doesn't feel like, that doesn't feel right. You know, that's just not, that, that's not really in my, in line with my preferences. My foot should be kind of swinging free. And it's that, it, it, um, that's resistance to this moment showing up as it's showing up. That, you know, it, I just noticed that I'd like to cut on my ceiling fan. Because why? Because, because I just noticed it's a little still and a little warm, but it wasn't until I noticed it. Now, I'm, you know, within three minutes, I'm likely to be stifled and choking because I can run with that, you see? So, and boredom is resistance. It's, it, it's resistance to this moment. It's the longing for a future moment when something is because because, be I, because I cannot stand to sit here with myself. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand to sit here with my mind. It's driving me crazy. That's the reason <laughs> we pay so much for entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> because, That's so true. <laughs> yeah, because thank God it's taking me out of my head, right? I mean, that's fine. The, we love movies except for this one. <laughs> But this is a movie, too. So how do I learn to like this one? 
That's the thing. Because it's not Fred having a dream. Fred is the dream. <laughs> right? That's the fundamental dream. Is that I'm a Fred. Who's saying that? Nobody. There's nobody there to say that. There's just Fredness. But there's a sense of individuality. I can enjoy that. But I, as oneness, can enjoy that. Because oneness doesn't really care what's going on in the moment. It doesn't really, it doesn't have a preference. You know, when you hear about, when you read about that the, the, the way is very, there's a very famous Buddhist sutra and the first line is that, I can't remember the name of it, it's kind of oddly pronounced. And, but it is, the first line of that is, could be the only line that sutra needed, which is the way is easy for the man who has no preferences. I get that 1,000%. Nothing any more true was ever said than that. The only problem being is I never met a man without any preferences. And I'm not a man without any preferences. And I don't know how to become a man without any preferences and therefore be as clear as that guy was back then. I mean, I know it just couldn't have been that he was having a great moment. Surely that's the way he lived every moment of his life. He never, never fussed at his wife. He never, he'd be kicked his toe. He said, oh, <laughs> no. Oneness is the one that he's really talking about. If consciousness holds no preferences and simply notices that, What this wants is, it's not, I mean, you can hardly even call it, you can hardly even call it secondary. Then what this wants is just what it wants. Consciousness has no real preference. It doesn't make, it, in a sense that, that doesn't mean that, the, that consciousness, that doesn't mean that we go crazy in the dream, but there's no one here to go crazy. We use our free will here to the, to the sense of free will. We use that because we're trying to teach people who are not awake, who think they are awake, not to go out and, and uh, kill somebody or rob somebody or rape somebody or whatever it is just because it's what I want to do. Awakeness is actually not drawn to that. You don't have to put, you don't have to curb awakeness from its peculiar longings. Awakeness doesn't have any peculiar longings. The unit can have peculiar longings. There are there are parts here that are not awake. There are parts here that there are risings here that I'm not fully awake to. I recognize that. Where, in other words, it just pulls in strong patterns. And, the, the, and then, I, then, I get to, then I get to hear the lecture. You're supposed to be a spiritual teacher, right? Mm -hmm. the, uh, but, what we're really, but go further back. Go to the one. Not, don't try to make this unit not have any preferences. Get out of identification with this unit, and, you, and you'll notice that there are not any preferences. And if that and if that lasts for one minute, great. <laughs> if it lasts for ten minutes, wonderful. If it lasts for a day, fantastic. 
but it's only good, but it's only going to look like it lasts for a day. Is it lasting? Is it there in this moment? That's all that really matters. Correct. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Robin? Yeah, uh, the post you wrote, Fred, uh, that was a very, a very good uh, quote from Rumi, which has something to do with what we're talking about now. Uh, Rumi's pen. Uh, how do I, you do? I know what's happening. It's like the pen. Uh, does the pen know what it's writing? It could be writing a suicide note. It could be writing a piece of poetry, uh, a, a declaration of love or war. It's the pen is the pen. The pen is the pen. Yeah. I think that was really great when I read that. It was very moving. Thank you. I'll just let you know that John is my editor, and I had written that as I am the lead in the pencil. I just remembered what that meant, but I didn't remember. John was uh, was clever enough to go back and discover that the pencil was was uh, was invented sometime after Rumi's <laughs> life, and that what he what that that it was, and that the real quote was the pen. So I have to have people that look after me so because I just, I, I can't get this right. Um, this, um, this thing. Am I back again? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I sort of could relate to it because it was like uh, the pen uh, claiming the honor of the action without being the doer. There is no doer. Mm -hmm. uh, but after the after the things after the event, the pen, as an analogy, wants to take credit, as it were. Yes, I'm yes. such a great pen. I wrote Shakespeare. I wrote. Yes. You know, um, anyway, that's a good uh, a good analogy. But otherwise, uh, I, I had a thought. I mean, Barbara was talking about being bored, uh, the feeling of boredom. I woke up this morning with this question in my head. Am I really awake? Yes. That's it. And the answer is no. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember. No, Robin, you're not. That doesn't no. mean that oneness isn't, but you're not. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's the, this, the, it is our job to be the very best pen that we can be. Hmm. And it's our job to be willing to move in the, in the way to, to give way, to surrender to the movement of the pen, because that, or to the movement of the, the hand, which mm -hmm. is making the line. It's our job to surrender to the line, if you will. That's what's actually happening. But it's not to take credit for it, and it's not to slough it off and say, well, you know what the hell, I'm a pen. <laughs> I can't do anything. So I'm going to sit down on the curb. <clears throat> that may sound real non-dual, but there's somebody making a definitive decision there to sit down on the curb and resist this moment. Mm. So don't, you know, there's, there can be this idea of the non-dual cool who just will, you know, just, just, I can't do anything. And that's what, that's the real shining of enlightenment. That is bullshit. It just is. It's a great way to justify any kind of, misbehavior in the name of non-duality and, and, and higher spirituality and all of that. The responsibility still comes back to the unit. On this level, in the dream, there's responsibility. And it comes back to the unit. There's no other place to put it. Mm. 
the the unit may it may not be may not be making the decisions but it feels like it is and the only way to stay sane is to be willing to go with that is it feels like and then, and so so if i'm having if i'm having ideas of something that are doing something that's not skillful that doesn't mean i run with that it means i wake up to that that's the point because that is an eye thing. Because it, because you, one thing you'll notice about egos is that everything they do is selfish. Everything. They don't know. They don't. They don't have another mode. So I notice that I don't have any control over anything that I can do. I'm just. There's no one here. There's nothing to do. So I'm just. You know. I'm just going to go out and do whatever the hell my unit wants to do. Do you see? I mean, I have no control. Therefore, I'm going to take control and go do what I want to do. Everything that that unit that had everything that that unit that has that can't do anything and that I does will end up being selfish if you watch it. Do you get this? Mm. It's give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto the unit what is the unit's. The When a good example would be the Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna is telling God Almighty, just space it. I know it starts with an A, but I can't think of the hero's name for some reason. Just, it's just, it's, I forgot it. Arjuna. Arjuna, thank you very much. They just did that so it would embarrass me, which didn't work very well. The, so Krishna is talking to Arjuna, and Arjuna says, I, This is insane. I'm not going to fight my family because everybody on the field was family closer far, closer distant. I'm not going to fight my family. I'm not going to kill, take blood over all of this. I'm not, this is just nuts. And Krishna looked at him and smiled and said, but you're a warrior. And that's what warriors do. Once it's accepted that I am a warrior, then I want to put my intentions. Uh, the way is the way is easy for the man with no preferences, the man with no intentions. I just what I notice is that that just doesn't happen very often, I will say. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I don't know that I ever will see it. You, the, the, as long in my mind, as long as there's a body here, there's going to be some preferences. It's going to have a preference to breathe. It's going to have a preference to eat. It's going to prefer have a preference to be warm. There, there, it, there's things that make it shiver to try and warm it up if it's cold. All of this kind of thing. We're on, we're on really fine ground here. I've, I have a couple of students that I. Wisely, who are uh, sort of like driving me crazy to, to make this my next book. And that's, of course, it is going to be. But, but I didn't want to teach this. 
I never want to teach what I'm supposed to teach. I just noticed that, right? I mean, I wanted to be a motivational speaker and ended up being a spiritual teacher. That was not my plan. And once I got to be a spiritual teacher, and just as I got used to that, and, and I had this oneness practice and everything was great, and I knew what was going on, and I was the authority and all that, then it pulled the rug out from underneath me, said, now here's this oneness thing. Now. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know what's going on there. I don't want to teach that. I, don't, I can't teach it. I don't even know what's going on. And, it, and, 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 and I'll make an idiot out of myself. And it said, well, that's the way you learn. You go out there and you make an idiot out of yourself if necessary, but you can do whatever you have to do. You get out there and teach that. So I go in and out and do that. I just about get that about halfway down where I'm comfortable with that in an instant uncomfortable. Bam. Okay. Let's go back to the full circle. Let's be like in the, the Zen ox herding pictures. Well, what I'm talking about is the, is the, is the, for those of you who know that series is, is the ox herder coming back to the village, riding the ox coming back to the village to help the people there because relativity counts. It doesn't matter, but it counts. And what does that guy on that ox want to do? Probably won't do what Barbara and I want to do, sit in our living room. But he notices that he can't. And so he smiles and surrenders and goes and is, and, and is a helpful unit, allows himself to be used as a helpful unit for foolish unit things. They're only foolish from the, from the, from the aspect of ego. This is all foolish from the aspect of consciousness, or we can say that none of it's foolish either way. Who else has a question? I do. This is Michelle. Hey, Michelle. So um, this whole conversation is making me nauseous. Uh, Give me a stomachache. About, yeah. So, you know, the whole thing about, oh, there's no doer there and all that. You know, they've been saying that for years, but because I didn't understand it, I said, I don't care about that because I don't understand it. Uh-huh. You know, what can I do? I don't understand it. So about a month ago, I, can, I know the date, March 7th, um, I've started to notice that I really don't have free will. That's right. Like, seriously. Like, I don't know what happened to me, but all of a sudden I started paying attention. I, I don't know where, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. It's so when I pay attention, I really, it's very clear to me that like, I have no agency. Like, I mean, I volunteered for a project that I didn't want to do. And I'm like, later on, I'm like, what the heck is that? And I go, Oh, he made, and then they sent me an email and I said, Oh, he, he asked me to do it. A friend of mine that was at the event, she goes, no, Michelle, you volunteered. I'm like, what am I an idiot? Like, what the hell is the matter with me? So I had to do the project and it was a lot of work and I didn't feel like I want to lay on my couch, you know, like Barbara. Yeah. Um, and last, last weekend, I didn't get out of my pajamas Saturday and Sunday. And that was fine. I didn't care. But I guess my question is, um, so when I find it interesting, you know, that's okay. But then when I'm like not paying attention and I think about it, it spooks me a little. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's a very spooky thing when you start to really notice that your body is just walking around. Doing what it's doing. What? Yeah. It's just doing what it's doing. Yeah, like totally. And I'm like, so... So I go between, it's very interesting, and I just watch it. It's like a science experiment, right? It's like watching a bug almost. And then, but then at other times I go, this is very spooky. I don't know how it works. I don't know how to integrate this. I don't even know what to think. I don't even know. I don't even know. 
doesn't matter. I don't know. The 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 the, the proof of your of your lack of agency is the fact that you did that project that you didn't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is that something else said? Oh yes, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wish then they'd do the project because it's the yeah. body that had to go and you know do all this work that I didn't really particularly want to do. That's right. I, I get that completely. That's the, and that's the proof of of the lack of agency. What what I'm saying is, if if we recognize what I'm saying here is, it's just very subtle. If you recognize that lack of agency, the the recognition of it is surrender. The sheer recognition of it oh. is surrender. That's what I mean when I'm telling when I you hear me all the time say I need people who are willing to tell themselves the truth about the truth. Mm. That is that there's no Michelle and there's no agency. Yeah, it's very weird. But noticing that doesn't mean, so since there's not, I'm going to do what I want. You get that? Yeah, I don't even have that. that, I I can't relate to that either. That's not, all I know is, the only thing I do know for certain is, and I've only learned this in the last month, is that I don't have a choice. That's right. I I used to did or think I did or whatever. And you said something to me once a long time ago in one of these things, because I haven't been here in a while, you said, we talk, I, I asked you the question about reflexive conditioning and you said a situation arises, you know, and I really got that like in a very deep way. Yes. So lately what I've been doing is when I think about this, so when I'm noticing it, I'm fine. To be honest with you, when I notice I have no agency, there's no problem. I'm okay. I'm just doing this shit. I'm, you know, <laughs> volunteering for things, you know, of course, later on, then when the mind kicks in, I guess, I'm not sure yes. how that works. Yes. Our so, judgment. Yeah. So then when I go, well, God, that's really spooky, you know, and then when Barbara says, I just want to lay on the couch all the time, I'm like, yeah, that's my biggest fear. What if I just want to lay on the couch all, all the rest of my life? So I'm wondering if this is just more of like you say that people see it, but then they go into denial. And I'm thinking like when I go into that spooky place, like when you were talking before to Barbara, I started to get this stomach ache. And I notice I only get a stomach ache when something brushes up against my severe conditioning. Then I get like a stomach ache and I'm like, I don't like this. I want to go have a beer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know. I don't even know why. I think I do. I think I do know. So let me, let me, let me go cut on my fan before I swelter. Okay. The, uh, and I have to turn off the sound. So this is where I noticed that I, you know, that I was resisting the moment, but because it was so easy to take care of it, it was foolish not to. The uh, then I can bring my attention back to this, this thing here with Michelle. So we notice our lack of agency, and the next words out of our mouth are, "So now what?" Do <laughs> you get that? Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what am I going to do now? I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to live. So let me ask you this. If there's no agency, what have you done up to now? Well, I think it's remarkable. I, I, I really, I, it's like, I don't like to use the word like miracle, but it is a miracle that like when I, because after I started noticing this, I was looking back at my life and I go, well, 
was this always here? Like, like, you know, what's happening? And I was like, I look back at my life. And I go, God, you've changed. You've had four careers. You've had three husbands, you know, and it was all great. <laughs> you know, so it worked yeah. out, you know, it looked yeah. really bad to my family, but it, and even to me at times, but you know what? I'm very happy with the, to be honest with you, I'm very happy with the life I've had. Yeah. doesn't mean I have everything I want, but I'm just, you know, I look back at, so it's amazing I'm still alive yeah. because like, it wasn't up to me, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. For it. It's very, it's spooky. It's very odd to me. When I, Michelle, when I was a practicing alcoholic, I can tell you that the last thing, the last thing on my mind was walking into an AA meeting and saying, hi, my name is Fred. I'm an alcoholic. And the reason is, is that the chief reason there, and, and, I, and I've talked to many, many others who felt exactly the same way, but only just about everybody who ever went. And it's because when you go in there and you do that, you feel like, oh, now I've done it. I've given up the last bit of control that I had. Yep. Let's see, but that's not true. All I've done is confess that I never had control to begin with. Because I'm saying I'm, if I'm saying I'm powerless, then there is no now what. Uh, now what is to watch. And you, you watch which way the wind is blowing. And when you notice that there's been commitment to a committee, then you do that. But don't resist it while you're doing it. There's, 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 there's three things that we can do when, when confronted with suffering. We can fix it, leave it, or surrender to it. But the one, and there's actually a fourth, which is what most of us do, which is we can, we can just fight the hell out of it over and over while we're, while we're doing it, right? Just same thing as that, you know, I'm, uh, I, want it to, I want it to be raining and it's not. I can, can I fix that? No. Can I, the, 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 can I leave it? Yeah, I can leave it. I can go move to Arizona. The, uh, but if I'm not willing to move to Arizona, then I have to recognize that my other option is that I stay here and surrender. Because the only thing that's insane is to stay here, do nothing about a, but bitch about a cycle that's ongoing. If I'm in a marriage that is constantly la, 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 and, I, and I'm expecting the other one, I'm, I'm just surely going to retrain that unit if they're given enough time, right? Where it's going to come over to my way of thinking and be the kind of wife I want. That ain't going to happen. So the odds against it are just too, too high. And if she does, I'll find something new wrong because that's just the, it's the mechanism and not the, the situation that needs to be addressed. So I can fix that, which means in this case, so I can leave it. I can leave my wife if I'm willing to do so. That's a thing. Um, I can, I can, so it, can I fix it? I can't fix her. I can't. Uh, so what am I going to do? Am I willing to fix myself? It doesn't take two people to live sanely. Just takes one. I can live sanely under any circumstances if I want to live sanely more than I want my preferences met. 
And the easiest way for me to, to care less about my preferences is to notice that I am that which has no preferences. But there's no point in my putting my attention toward, please trying to have Fred be desireless. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> You know, this is, it, it's, so when we notice I'm out of control, the, the ego comes right in behind, in other words, I don't have any agency. The ego comes in right behind that and it says, um, well, what are we going to, then what are we going to do? Do you see that? So, it's, so now that there's no agency, what are we going to do now? Well, what were you doing 10 minutes ago? Oh, no, I have no agency. I was doing nothing. <laughs> well, try that again, right? <laughs> try, try that for this 10 minutes and see how it works. Because it is, it, is the, it is the understanding that I am doing nothing, but I'm speaking of consciousness. I'm not speaking of the unit. There's a lot of confusion here. The, I'm afraid that non-duality, non, the truth is very simple, nothing to it. The dream is incredibly complex. And, there's, and, and, the, and, and, and this, the simplicity of non-dual teachings is staggering, given the, the true nature of the dream. It's not a matter of, well, there's no doer, so, you know, it's not like that. It just doesn't work like that. And the idea that, well, there's no one, there's no free will because there's no one here to have free will. That's true. And, and <laughs> it's not, it's not that's true, period. It's that's true. And, and what I notice is that, uh, that, that uh, I know I had no agency. So I, because what that boils down to is it's telling me I can't fail. If I have no agency, I cannot fail because I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. How can I possibly fail? I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what I am. I don't know what, what should be going here. No clue as to that. So I, I'm just, what I'm doing is, is, is I'm trying to be a great pencil <laughs> or pen, excuse me. I'm back fencing. John. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be a great, I'm trying to be a great pen. So if I am find myself in a warrior's garb and in a warlike situation, then Krishna is telling me, go be the best warrior you can. That, and a lot of people misread that and thought that, that Eastern, that Krishna was encouraging war. He's not encouraging war. He's recognizing war. War is here. I don't want there to be war here. Oops, got my head chopped off. <laughs> war doesn't stop because I don't want it to be here. Right? Nor does sunshine or rain. It just happens. It's here. Deal with what, deal with, with, with this arising. But don't stack it up, you know, to, to, with every other arising that's ever been or everyone you can project. This arising, be, be the warrior here and now. Tomorrow, who knows? It'll be a whole other arising.
John. Thank you very much, Fred. Uh -huh. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate that. Adam, I'll get to you shortly. John. I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about the difference in your mind between discomfort and resistance. Yeah. Okay. So in, uh, in, in Theravadan Buddhism, in which is the, the path of, um, that's a lot of mindfulness comes out of that. The, the idea of just meditating without a, 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 for hours and hours and hours and hours in the forest and all this kind of thing. It, Theravada Buddhism is very central to the unit, whereas Mahayana, Mahayana Buddhism is, is more uh, a cup of a collective idea. The Theravadans tend to think that theirs is a little bit closer to what the Buddhists the Buddha taught the one of the things that they have you do is they have you sit and meditate. And if a bug gets on you, the bug gets on you. When you want to just notice that your whole, and here's what I want you to do. Just is do this practice is sit down and just be still and notice how much resistance is present. Just like I was talking about when my, I noticed my foot's caught on the bottom of my desk. The, that shouldn't be. The temperature, not quite right. The, um, my, my, my seat, a little, a little hardish as much time as I spend in it. This, the idea is that we have an idea in our minds that we are supposed to be comfortable. You can hold that as long as you want, but I notice that, that, that it very, very often is not true. I'm not comfortable a lot. The, I'm not, you know, it's, it's, I'm in situations where I'm not particularly comfortable, meaning that, you know, if I, because if I, if I go down to a very, very busy restaurant or something, I'm not used to a lot of activity and noise in my life. I just don't get much of it here. And it just, and that kind of getting in that kind of energy, I'm going to do one of two things. Sink right into it. S-Y-N-K, just sink right into it, move right into it. Or, or it's just like too much. And, I, and it's too much because what I think is, is that everybody should be doing what I want them to do, which is sit there and be quiet. Would you? It's, can you, can you not tell which one of us in the room is important? And so it's, you don't, we don't have to be comfortable. I'm not saying that the preferences aren't to be comfortable and that's fine. Do whatever, you know, if you've got a practical thing you can do for the unit to make it more comfortable, that's fine. Hot, buy an air conditioner, you know, and, and, but what I'm suggesting that we don't do is sit, sit there and say, I am hotter than hell, but I am not getting out of here and buy an air conditioner. I'm just stewing in my own juices. Then nothing's, Nothing, I'm, I'm unwilling for change to take place. All I want to do is sit here and bitch about the status quo. That is insanity. 
And that's what I'm really talking about here is in a, if in a practical way, I got up and cut on the fan. I made fun of myself when I did it, but I mean, I, I, I don't normally, it's just an example of, because of what we're in. If, if there's, if there's a little discomfort here and I think cutting on the fan will relieve that, I'm going to do it. If there's a little discomfort here and there's no fan or the electricity's off, I'm not going to sit here and, and think, well, it should be on and I'm uncomfortable. I should be comfortable. Because who is saying that? That's Fredness. That's, that's actually, quote, Fred, saying, I should be comfortable because I know. But when I come right back to the truth, John, I don't have, I don't know anything. I woke up a guy yesterday and he was, we started out and he was just all flowy with the, well, I'm just love that unknowing and this and that and the other. And I found out that was just a position that unit took to make itself feel very spiritual. That it wasn't actually true when he really hit the great unknowing with me where he realized he did not know what he was. He did not know what was going here on here. And so he could have no idea as to what should be going on here. Discomfort on a physical level. Fine. It's a unit. The units are going to have their preferences. There's not, no reason to think that, that, that it shouldn't because there's no should or shouldn't to these units. It's hungry or it's not. If it's hungry, I can sit there and say, well, you shouldn't be all I want, but it's still going to be hungry. But the psychological suffering that goes with that, which is that I should have food, I don't have to go there because that's a lie. If I was supposed to have food, I'd have it. And that's the truth. Now, if there's a practical measure I can take, if I can get off my desert island and find some food, great. If I can't, do I really want to spend my last time in misery noticing that God has done the whole, I'm just using this as a phrase, has, got the, has done the whole universe right except for this little desert island where my ass is. And here he is blowing it. The idea that these units should be comfortable is the same idea that these units should be happy. Well, would you would you say that uh, a, a form of discomfort was always uh, a pointer of some sort? Or Michelle, for example, said she got nauseous when you know we the, you touched on a certain subject, you know. Yes, yes, yes. I would, say exactly, I would say exactly what you've just said, which is that because this, is, this goes back to my old adage, which is that suffering is our friend. It's not our enemy. It's our friend. The only thing that the only reason this unit ever, the only reason that conscious awakeness ever started functioning through here was because there was so much suffering that I simply could not continue with it. I could not not surrender. Same thing I told my friend this morning. It's all this suffering that you want to get away. It's your friend. It's the very thing that's trying to help you wake up. And I can recognize that later, which is when I usually notice it. 
But if I'm really, really alert, I may be able to notice it now because that keeps me from being judgmental about this situation. Because see, the thing is, is that I always, Fred always knows what's right for Fred. But the only problem being is that it's never this. And Fred knows what everybody should be doing. Sadly, they're never doing it. This, the discomfort is simply, if, if I'm really just, you know, if there's a little physical discomfort, move. If, the, if you can do something about it, handle it. But the, but the idea that I should be comfortable is only coming from identification with this. I'm, I'm trading in my divinity for the sake of a sense of individuality. And I'm free to do that. I'm doing it m millions of times over, billions of times over on just this planet. But it gets to a point where that's no longer interesting to me, oneness, consciousness. That's, I'm, more interested in, in, I'm more interested in coming to know myself in a knowing way, in a conscious way. That's when I start waking up from the dream. But I notice these damn things are balky. They don't actually want to wake up. They want to sit in Barbara's living room. Yeah. That's what they want to do. They don't want to, they don't want to wake up. They want, all I want is a better dream. That's the reason I'm here is I wasn't after this. I was after a better dream, man. I just, you know, that's what I was hoping enlightenment would bring me would be a, be a higher grade of dream. And it has brought that, but it's, but that's not what it's, that's certainly not what it's about. That wasn't my motivation. My motive, here's the, here's the, here we come back to this core notion. My notions for waking up were essentially egoic. And they are been egoic to one level or another, another with every single client I've ever had. Because every single client I've ever had came to me so that I could wake up their unit. <laughs> That's what they want. They want me to wake up the character because it'll be a nice ad for the character. The problem is that awakening is not about addition. It's about subtraction. Suffering is just life telling you, this is the truth. It's just life telling you this way of living doesn't work for you anymore. That's the truth. And if you stay doing this, and it, and it, it, it will ratchet it up. Again, it sounds entity driven. I don't mean it like that at all. Just the way that it happens is that, the suffering will continue to be ramped up until that until the break happens. Mine, I had a I had a huge capacity for suffering. I mean, I only know. I mean, I just I did, did, most alcoholics do not have to actually go live in a damn park before they quit drinking. They don't have to be on death's door to quit drinking. I've helped lots and lots of guys who still had jobs and wives and all that stuff get sober because they could see it's coming. I couldn't see any of that, man. 
I had great capacity for suffering and I was going to be right all the way to the grave. And something just happened in that part where I realized, you know, I just can't. And that, and that was the feeling. I can't suffer like this anymore. That's swear to God. That's what got me out of the park was the acknowledgement that the suffering is too great. That's when I got up out of my living room and went to see what do I have to do in order to get out of this park? Next step was, what do I do to have to do to stay out of that park? And what we do is we, in, 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 in non-duality, we wake up from the park of our minds. Because that's what's happening is we're all carrying this psychological suffering. I carried the psychological suffering of the, of the park for a long time. I mean, it was years when I kept a sleeping bag in my closet and a good jacket and boots and stuff. Because when I, next time I found myself homeless, this time I was going to have a jacket. I was going to have this, that, and the other. But I've done that before. I had it the time I ended up in the park, right before I had a park. I had a lot of gear. I sold it all so I could buy some boots. Freezing the park because I'm trying to, I'm trying to outguess insanity, and you can't do it. You don't know what it's going to do. The one thing, you know, the, I used to tell people, the, 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 when I say I'm alcoholic, what I mean is that I've given up quantity, duration, and outcome. I don't know when I drink, I don't know how much I'm going to drink. When I drink, I don't know how much, how long I'm going to drink. And when I drink, I got no idea what's going to happen. I may wake up with a pretty girl and I may wake up on the floor of the Greyhound station in San Francisco. I don't know. So <clears throat> with this, it's life telling you the same thing it was telling me in that park. <clears throat> which is this doesn't work for you anymore. This is the reason that after you've been outside of the dream summit, I think all of you will appreciate this, is that after you've spent some time out of the dream, your time back in the dream really, really sucks. Because it's, it's supposed to suck. Because it's supposed to tell you this doesn't work for you anymore. And it will ratchet up the suffering. I mean, every bottom I hit, I always found a trap door to it. And thank God it can't get any worse. Than that. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Looks like there's a door down here. And you, boom, down further I would go. And when it got bad enough, then when the suffering just became unbearable, then it was like there might be a door down there, but damn if I'm looking. <laughs> And, you know, the, the, the easiest way to know when you've hit bottom is the, the way to know when you've hit bottom is when you put the damn shovel down. Right. And that's the same thing with this. Is exactly. I mean, getting sober is like an enlightenment light. It really is. The correlations are stunning. Oneness, consciousness, may have discomfort through a unit. 
but conscious will never be holding the idea that it shouldn't. There is no shouldn't in truth. There's no should and no shouldn't. Those two words set off an alarm for me. And I don't care how casual a conversation is. It can be me and Betsy talking to, uh, at Panera Bread. If, I, if the word should or should, shouldn't comes out of my mouth or hers, I examine it very closely. I don't tell her I'm examining, but I check it real quick. Can that be, it's like, I mean, I don't even have to think about it. It just happens. Is that true? Should this truly not be? Well, there's no evidence whatsoever that this shouldn't be. There's a tremendous amount of evidence that it should be because it's here. It's what's happening. Adam? Can you hear me? Yes, lower your hand, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, uh, I remember that on last satsang, uh, or it was maybe the one before, you said uh, that if we can remember, uh, if we have misunderstood some of your videos or some of your posts. So I have today, when I was having a walk, uh, also take a note, I'm a little bit cloudy right now, so maybe I'm just not seeing something I'm supposed to see. Uh, well, but if I'm not seeing it, then I'm not supposed to see it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Until you do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just well, fine. You're taking the, the practical measures. You're taking the practical measures to see it. You're willing to see it. This is, the, this is being a good pen. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so in one of your videos, you say that uh, these units are, are not sentient. They are not sentient more than, let's say, a stone or anything else. And that it's uh, it's the animating presence that we are that is making them animate. But uh, it's I don't know maybe it's just trying to get the mind grab hold of it. I'm not sure. Uh, but it appears to me that if there is no doer, then the animating presence is just like that. That the units are animate by themselves because they are they are oneness and you know it's just. Maybe it's the formulation that I don't get, but uh, do you understand what I'm confused about? Yes, yes. I, I, th I think what's happened there is I think that you're trying to deal with the philosophy, mm. non-duality, which is to understand it. When I say that the that the units are not that these units are not sentient, that that's absolutely true, because you can withdraw the animating presence from this body and it will not be sentient. The sentience is not in the, is not the body itself. It is, it is the, it is consciousness. As we, so when, where I usually point that out is because people bring me their units, just as I said a minute ago, they bring me their units and they want me to wake them up. And they may as well bring me their Coke cans because I can wake this can up just as fast as I can wake up an atom. It has exactly the same capacity. And actually, this has exactly the same sentience. It doesn't... Now, the difference is over there, there's a sense of sentience. And there's a sense of individuality. That comes with a body. It doesn't come to atom with a body. It comes to consciousness with a body consciousness believes over there 
wow, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But consciousness has a sense of individuality over there. But that sense of individuality is nothing but a sense. It's not true. There's no truth to that. We can track it down any, any number of different ways. But if we accept the fact that there's only oneness, then there's no possible way that there can be an independent unit over there that is sentient or, or, or insentient for that matter. It's just oneness and it's oneness showing up alive or it's oneness showing with us in a sense of individuality or it's oneness showing up as death or without a sense of it or space without a sense. You are the aware of space, but, but, but it doesn't feel like it to us. You can see that. I mean, I'm certainly you can that can that can be shown to us very, very clearly that we are the awake spies. I've seen it many times, but I've seen it many times. I'm talking about really consciousness has simply seen the truth many times through this unit. So a sentient unit. Is, is, a, is a sentient unit lives in a world of opposites. Sentient, insentient. Trees are alive, but they're alive in a different way than we are. There is life to rocks. It's not the way we understand things but it's there, that's consciousness. It's all consciousness. That's consciousness showing up to us as insentient. I'm not saying that a rock does any thinking. I have no idea what the experience of rockness is, but I know it's part of oneness. I can tell you that With my dogs, one of the reasons that I love them so dearly is that they're not playing any games. They are oneness. And they are tickled to death about it. They are just having a party. And it's just great. Even if I'm even if I can't play with them, just look over there and, and watch them just fighting and this and that, you know, just growling and doing all the wonderful stuff that that young dogs do. There's no facade there. The, the sense of sentience comes because when you say, you, you said something about the idea that I'm sentient and something else isn't is only arising from the unit. Yeah, that's, which is, that's, go ahead. that's actually what I'm uh, asking about because uh, the so it's more or less figure of speech, the animating presence, because it seems that everything is animate and that there is no separation between the animation and the let's say the appearance of the of the arising. What we're talking what we're talking about here is is how that 
presence is showing up. That's all. It's about the, what is the expression. Oh, I see. What I'm fundamentally telling you is that the rock is an expression of oneness. Because what we, the thing to remember is that we're talking about oneness. We're not talking about sameness. Like in the, the, the old Advaita way of looking at this, that they're teaching this, you take a gold earring and a gold ring and a, and a, and a gold bracelet. They all look different, but they're all made of gold. And you can put them all back in the pot and then pull out a necklace. But it's not changed to the gold. It's only changed the appearance of the gold. And that's the same thing with this. There's just one thing going on. We can do an exercise. You can go and check. I'm forgetting right now what the name of the exercise is. But there, you can check to see that I think it's, oh, attention practice. There are two videos on attention practice. Oh, but on one, on the longer, if you Google, if you, if you YouTube Fred Davis attention practice, you'll get a short video and a long video. If you watch the long video, it will show you exactly what we're talking about because it will show you that there is no difference between emptiness and form. And there's and there's and there's no essential difference between forms. It's there because all of this is appearances. All of it's appearances. There's nothing actually hard or solid going on here. There's a sense of solidity. There's a sense of individuality. There's a sense of free will, a sense of cause and effect, a sense of all of these things. That's the dream. That's what makes it so fascinating is that there are all these senses of things, but none of them are true. Oneness is not true. It's true, but it's not, but it's not, but it's true, the truth, but it's not the whole truth. It's not, it's not the deepest truth. It's true, and in, 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 I can say that everything is oneness, and I, I still teach that, depending on the level of where somebody's at, and that's true. Everything is one, and <laughs> and oneness is an arising as well. And from oneness springs from. We can say what we can that, that we, in, in that attention practice. You can see the difference between the, the, the emptiness and form. It's both both appearances. Emptiness doesn't seem like an appearance, but it's but it's more than just an absence. What you truly are is that which is observing emptiness, form, the dream, the dream, the, 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 the within the dream, the sub-dreamers, the sub-dreaming, the characters. You are, and you're not an entity, you're, and you're not being. <laughs> 
You're beyond being or not being. You're beyond all opposites. Anytime, I don't care, the, 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 the highest truth that language can take you to is oneness and noneness. That's as far as it goes. Is there a higher truth beyond that? Yes. Can, uh, can, I, can anything be said about that? No. But it cannot be, it can, because it cannot be known, but we can know of it. You just watch how these things act. You realize if there's one of these, then there has to be one of these. And the truth is not this combination. This, this com the combination is the dream. The truth of, is that which is beyond this combination. The truth is what is beyond the play of yin and yang. This is the dream. And we can get to where we can. And that's what we're always looking at. Because as we understand the dream, as we get to, because we, we're here to spot the mechanisms of the dream. As we understand the dream, what we're doing is we're subtracting it's we're taking we're pulling away that which is not true we're seeing further and further and further into what is not true and that's all you can do you can only see what's not true you can't see truth you can know of it you can be it you can know of it and you can be it but you cannot know it it's the same way that I'm looking I'm, I'm, all my life. I was expecting to have the oneness experience. I was expecting to, to, to spot oneness over there somewhere. <laughs> right? Because I'm the, I'm the one thing outside of oneness. And I just can't find that damn oneness. I don't know where it is. It's got to be around here somewhere. And it's this. it's the same idea. You can't see oneness over there. You can't see your true nature. You can only be your true nature. That is the same thing with that. that make any sense that it, it all helpful? Oh uh, yeah, it made a lot of sense. Okay. Could, can I have another one question that sort of pulls up yep. the previous? Or maybe yeah. if uh, somebody else has a question, just raise yep. their hand. Never, nobody's got their hand up, so you've got the floor. Okay, uh, so it is sort of, it's follow up, it's only another kind of question that I've been talking about since the beginning. Uh, it's uh, about how to notice uh, which way the wind is blowing. Because I've noticed that there are, since I have this concept of noticing which way the wind is blowing, I'm wondering how to <laughs> tell the difference between the idea of the way the wind is blowing and between the truth of the way the wind is blowing. You won't know it until you start doing it. Oh, I see. It's the, the it, it, it becomes, it, it becomes in habit, I mean, in, in, when you put it into habit, when you start, this is not something that you figure out. This is something that you notice. You go with what you believe is right. So you can't go with anything else, can you? So you can't know that any move that you make is the right move from a, a relative standpoint. But you can know that no move you can take is the wrong move from the aspect of oneness. It may look like that it was the wrong move because Adam didn't get what he wanted. But it's not actually about Adam getting what he wants. 
It's not about Adam. But it'll always feel like it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a mistake. This sense of ident- this sense of individuality is not- this, this is one of the, 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 the most fundamental errors that we make in non-duality is that we think somehow, because when we say I'm misidentified, it sounds like I should be identified as oneness. And instead, I'm, I, am, I am identified with this rap. And that's not true. It, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a case of misidentification only because you're not recognizing your fullness. But it's not like it's a mistake. Identification is not our enemy. Man, I mean, I'm the, this Fredness is, is just having a great time. It's not like caught up in, I'm not, I'm not trying to get rid of the experience of individuality. What I've gotten rid of is the belief in individuality, which has set me free from having to control all of this, having to do all of this, having to get it all right. It's all always right. So that pull, that which way the wind is blowing, that's Barbara in her living room and beginning to feel like, you know, one part of me could just sit here forever, but I notice that I'm actually beginning to stir. And when, and, and I notice that, you know, feels like sort of like it's, time to get up and mow the lawn. The, the willingness to move in that direction, because that idea to, to, to mow the lawn, that seems to have come to a Barbara. There's no Barbara there. Barbara didn't think that. That arrived. The key is, is Barbara willing to accept that? Is Barbara willing to surrender to that? Is Barbara willing to move in that way? Or am I going to say, I read in a book, I'm supposed to just be sitting in my living room. I I read in a book, I shouldn't be motivated. I read, I mean, you can read enough of these books and you can find, my God, you can just make yourself so dizzy trying to figure out what you, what you should be experiencing and shouldn't be experiencing. What you should be experiencing is what you are currently experiencing. And that includes our level of clarity or cloudiness. You're exactly as clear as you're supposed to be until you're clearer or less clear. <laughs> the, there are no shoulds here. There's no, I'm sitting in my living room, but I should be mowing the lawn. Oh, no. There may be sitting in your living room beginning to notice that I want the lawn mode and that I'm resistant to it. But there's no should be mowing the lawn until I'm mowing the lawn. So until what I'm going to do is I notice that I'm fully enjoying being in the living room. And when I'm no longer fully enjoying being in the living room and I have a pull, the, uh, okay, Mark, you can just raise your hand in just a minute. Where it is, is there's a button, there's an icon. I just saw your email. There's an icon, and you can 
push your uh, right in the center of your the, at the bottom of the Zoom page. There's an there's an icon there, and you can click on that and uh, and it'll it'll raise your hand. You'll see if you click on that, you'll see that there's a pull down where you can raise your hand. Where was I? I got... You're talking Doesn't about matter. mowing the lawn. About what? About mowing the lawn. Oh, about mowing the lawn. That's it. What I notice is that I'm sitting on the, in, in, in the living room and I'm no longer fully enjoying this. I'm beginning to think about mowing the lawn. Do you initiate your own thinking, Adam? No. Did Barbara just decide I'm going to is that she needs to mow the lawn? Uh-uh. That's just forming. Now she can say, but I want to stay here on the couch. That's okay. Stay there. But you'll notice that instead of full enjoyment, you're moving into suffering. And then when you get up and you, and you decide to go with that, you find your, that you're mowing the lawn. It's a pretty day. Look how green that grass is. Can you believe how that mower cuts that? Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you can just get fascinated in that. I have a popcorn ceiling, and I say all the time, I can I can look at the ceiling for a long time and really enjoy it. It's just, man, it's just because it just sets your imagination free. It's great until it's not. And when it's not, I'll get up and do something else. But I'm not going to sit here and look at the ceiling and think I really should be doing something else because the unit's doing what it's doing. That's moving in that direction. So you move in that direction. If you find out that that's not that that that's not comfortable, that it's not right for you, how will you have judged that? How will you have judged that? It will have it will just have come to your mind. It's just inhabiting your mind. Your mind is processing all this but it's not initiating any of this. You just do it. You do it. You'll, and, and be, then this is the truth of everything that we're talking about here. Until you apply it in your life, it ain't much. It's just a philosophy that makes me, gives me, makes me feel a little bit better. There's a certain logic to non-duality and, and that's great. And it can, uh, I think a life lived along those principles is probably going to be a happier life than one not lived along those principles. They used to call it stoicism, just about. That's very much that same thing. Not the same thing, but close. And there were a lot of happy stoics, or not, I don't know about happy stoics, but there were a lot of, there were a lot of, uh, content stoics a lot of them weren't but they understood there was nothing they could do there was contentment in that okay mark thanks what's your question oh mark let me un let me see if i can unmute you yeah i can okay, okay mark, you can talk now we okay. can Okay. Am I coming through okay? Yes, I hear you just fine. Okay. Uh, well, about 10 years ago, I had an initial awakening 
you know, direct transmission from Adyashanti at a retreat. And then a couple of years ago, I came to see you because I was missing a component. I was missing, I had the ground of being realization, the open emptiness one, but not the oneness one. Yes. So that's what I had with you, actually. It happened right at the end of our talk, and it was, it was great. But as an experience, sort of, it lasted maybe like three hours. Mm -hmm. you know? And so then I was one, of course, I started thinking about it. And I think like, well, how are you supposed to work with this? I mean, are you supposed to go around in oneness all the time? And uh, I don't know if you keep up with uh, a Buddha at the gas pump, but there's this woman there, Della, she had this spontaneous experience of oneness. She was a doctor. She couldn't function anymore. And she go into there was nothing wrong with anybody. You know, uh, she really she had to drop a, she had to drop her career. So with that, well, the, this with the ongoing um, realization of oneness is like, or was it just simply a, an insight? Um, are you supposed to function in oneness all the time, or you know, it's sort of uh, what I see. You have incorporated it into your, like occasionally uh, a deep sense of oneness will come up, but it'll be like a crisis or it'll be like a dramatic situation where all of a sudden, you know, this sense of positive sense of being in the world starts like bleeding through the cracks or sort of like right rises up from the depths or something, however you want to look at it. Yeah. So I was just, um, you know, I guess I was curious as to how you're supposed to work with it or if it's not really any working with it, but how are you supposed to, uh, is it like an initiation? Like you, okay, this is the, this is the start now. It sort of filters into your personality and your world and, uh, you know, incorporates or I, I'm not really sure what, um, how to go with it. Okay, do me a favor. It's just a, this is just a training exercise. Go back into that same thing where you found the raise your hand feature. Yeah. And you'll find one that says lower hand. And if you lower that, then if you have a question later, you can raise it again and I'll know it. Just go in there and see if you don't find that. It'll be helpful to you. So. Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. okay good. There you go. Excellent. Now you're, now you're a full-blown full member here. Wow. That's, that's our initiation here. So <clears throat> the recognition, what, what happened when you were here is that there was the recognition, it it's really, and it's always the re-recognition, but it's the, but it, what we call it the, the recognition. You, there was the recognition, because what you had come to see when you were with Aja was that you had come to see what you are not. Right. Yes. And when you came to me, you were able to, we went through what you're not so that you got that very clearly again, so that you're right fresh with it. And then we jumped into what you are and you get to find out what you are. And that's a, and that's a different experience because that, that what you're not thing that can be, that's where the, the, what I call the desert of awakening, right? It's not just me that says, calls it that. Right. You're a hollow, the hollow man, <clears throat> the hollow man. That's exactly right. Thank you. That's a wonderful description. So, but with this recognition, there is the, when we say that that, that that lasted for three hours, what we're talking about is that's where 
it's it's the it's the S&M version of <laughs> which of this thing which means that it it's it's where we finally said just tie me up and make me see right <laughs> right i don't want any responsibility we don't have to take in those in that condition whether it lasts for 2 minutes or 2 years we don't have to take any responsibility there there's it's just full blown <sighs> I get it. It's only oneness, and there's some little guy in there that's you know doing stuff, but you're not him, you know. That's right. That's right. You're not him. So, but this experience doesn't, on that level, doesn't last for any of us forever. Okay. Just doesn't. The it's what because what that actually it that's an unveiling, and it it's. Oneness showing, and, and because the thing is, is that when you saw that, there was no, well, I wonder if this is the truth. It is indeed self-confirming, is it not? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. yeah. How did I miss this? And, and I and that we can follow it up usually with, I'll never miss this again, and then we do. But it's the that's a spiritual experience that arises and falls right within, right within time and space huh it's like a glimpse right with yeah but the difference is is that it's in the way that the mind translates that and it's the way that we will tell the story i did the same thing because i had a i had a a a, a a big glimpse 12 years before my larger awakening and the <clears throat> And the way that, but I was so sick in the mind that it take, took no time to gobble that up. They then make me something special out of it. So, but the way that the mind translates that event is that Mark had an awakening. Right. Mark saw oneness. But actually, what was seen is that there's no Mark. Right. So if there's no Mark, Mark can't possibly have the experience of oneness. What's happening then is, 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 an, is a conscious awakeness, conscious oneness, whatever you want to call it, is having a Mark-free moment, or right? Right. Or, or a Mark-free. Like a subset of the oneness, like there's a, you know, it's not quite the same, like the emptiness one, there was really an opposition to what I thought I was, whereas this one is a little more inclusive. Yeah, it, because it, which is why we call it non-duality, because ultimately it is all-inclusive. The teachings that take us only to the emptiness, it's like they take you to the end of the pier and then they <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, well, here's the water, pal. <laughs> I'm not that swimming thing. <laughs> oh, maybe you'll pick up those run. Yeah, right. Don't so worry. it is the what we have to do. This is where seeing the mechanism, okay? Because that's one of the things that I'm really strong on is showing people the mechanisms, how the dream works. What we're seeing showing them how the mind translates things. And the mind translate that to where Mark had an experience of oneness and then it stopped. Right. But when we recognize that it's oneness, 
that's having an experience is simply having an a, 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 a no mark moment or a no mark hours, three hours, whatever it is. Because oneness can't actually, because the idea is that I had it, but I lost it. Right. But oneness never had anything. It was just conscious that, oh, there's nothing but oneness. And then it's not, you can't lose that. You can't, you can't lose what you are because what you are is that oneness. And it can be the sense of, oh man, I just had it. And then I don't know if I held my mouth wrong or what, but then I, then I lost it. And this used to happen to me every time I would have one of those clear insights that you're talking about, because this is oscillation is what you're really describing. So, and it would be like, oh, what did I do to screw it up? And, and of course I never did anything to screw it up. What I didn't see was I also did nothing to bring it because it would be from the standpoint of, Oh God almighty. I got it now, you know, and, 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 and what, what made it happen was my reading and my meditation and my practice and going to see this teacher and doing all this. Those are all things that you had to do. How do we know you did them? But that was not the direct, there's no direct relationship between those and awakening. Right. The unit, the unit has to do those things. That's surrender to doing those things because what you're really doing, what are the, all of those things are really doing? This is, it is, it's wearing the unit out for any of you who have ever done a course in miracles. The workbook in a course in miracles is simply to wear you out. It's to show you that you cannot do it. it not it can't, you can't do it perfectly, which is what it demands. And it's just to show you that you can't It's to wear you out. And when the when and when the, when the seeker is worn out, when the seeker comes to see, I, I mentioned this earlier. Somebody that I can't do this. That's what I was talking about when, when I was talking to Michelle. I can't do this. That's the rec when the recognition that been the and the reason I can't do that. This is because there's no damn I here. There's no damn I here to do it. There's a sense of I but that's being sensed by consciously, not by me. The bubble of self-deception, which is, I'm going to go into great lengths on that in, I don't know, in the next book or something. It's where everybody that does, it's where everybody is almost, almost everybody is when they come to me. And it's, and I'll, the bubble of self-reflection where what's happening here is I know the truth says Bob. <laughs> I understand this intellectually, but I just don't quite get it says Bob. Yeah. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the movement be underneath that. Yeah of seeing that it's, that it's the bobness that we're trying to pierce through. But when I get somebody, no, I get that, Fred, what they're always looking for is new information. And I don't really have a lot of new information. You know, I've got a guy that's been studying non-duality for 40 years. He may know more than I do. <laughs> I had a guy locally. 
I had a guy locally who came by, came to see me and, and he told me later in sheepish, in a sheepish fashion, he said, well, I got here and he said, and I looked around and everything. I thought, well, I, you know, I've read all these books and everything. I know, I know I know more than this guy does. And, and, and that's what he thought until he woke up and then he went, Oh, <laughs> so a couple of things you said, seem to make sense like there's like for example there's only one thing going on that's a oneness thing right that's like everything is in you or is a part of yourself or it's a part of the and the other thing is everything is you right and the other thing is you can't enlighten the unit and that's actually seems to be a problem you know what i mean like that's why trying to understand stuff or go on, you know, what's this teacher say? And, you know, what's this realization over here? What are they talking about? And, uh, you know, it's like, like the unit doesn't get it. You know what I mean? I guess it never gets it. it that's the whole point. Yes. <laughs> the unit is never going to get it. So, and, and what, but you'll remember that one of the pointers that they gave us was that you can never find it as long as you're seeking. And I heard that and I went, okay. And so I, I, and I can't come up with my plan. My plan is I'm pretending like I'm not seeking anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't not seek. I mean, I'm just, yeah, right. And I'm hope and I'm <laughs> hoping that, that, that I'm going to trick God into revealing himself. Right. <laughs> just, uh, you, but the fact is, is that it's the, is that the, you can't find it as long as you're looking because as long as you're looking, you're creating the only duality there ever is, which is the duality that's in your mind. Because there is no duality. People come to me and they say, Fred, I want to have that non-dual experience. Please, I'm just desperate to have the non-dual experience. And I, I don't tell them this typically, but the truth is, is interior bullshit. <laughs> they don't want to have the non-dual experience. How do I know? Because they've already got it. But they don't want this. Oneness, oneness wants to experience the cooler oneness, the more fun than this oneness, the other oneness. Oneness wants more. The only problem being appears you're already oneness, and this is it. There is nothing more. Yeah. So it can't... It, that it, it what, only thing that can be done is your it's, it's a, the unit is a hamster on a wheel. The only way you can wake up a unit is to grab it and pull it off the wheel. Show it that there is something called off the wheel. That's when awakening occurs. That that's what awakening sessions do. Is they put you in a situation where you are hammered over and over again. You know, this guy was telling me that, that knew so much. I mean, he was like, God, if I could just reach through the screen. I mean, because he was, I was driving him nuts because I was just persistent. I was persistent. I wouldn't let him relax with his knowledge, in which he was very grateful for later. But what, what the awakening session does, even with a guy like that, sometimes, I mean, I, was, I didn't know if that guy was going to wake up or not. The, I never do, but I mean, him, I really had some reservations on but it makes you hit the wall over and over and over again. And Adam, come back to this. It's the hitting the wall. It's seeing for in, in an awakeness that there's no mark, there's no mark, there's no mark, there's no mark. So once that happens, then what 
what I see is there is then there is an opportunity for me to show you what you are, which is what I which is what I do. It so that you you begin to get a, a, a that this you begin to understand this thing's bigger than I thought. Even it's bigger even than I thought when I when I came to see there was no mark. It's, and what I'm telling you is is that there's is is that beyond is that 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 mountains are mountains also rivers are rivers there, there's that there's a little there's a little there's another little shore there and what i mean what i was going to tell adam is this hitting the wall that's how you find out the pull is you go after it you 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 acquiesce and if it's and if it's and if it is the right thing whatever you're supposed to do it's, it's almost inevitably going to come up it's going to go real smoothly real easily and when it doesn't if you're efforting if you're really, uh, 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 I don't mean give it your best shot. I mean, if you're efforting, trying to make this thing happen, it ain't likely that it was supposed to happen. If you, I mean, that was not, when I say supposed to happen, that that was not the most efficient course for things to take. What was the hitting the wall? Wasn't the result of efforting? The, 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 it, is, it, is, it is the the hitting the wall is repetition. I always have a, say, I have a saying, Mark, repetition is the mother of clarity. Oh, so it's just moments of waking up. It's uh, so, so what happens is, is the repetition of seeing there's no mark, there's no mark, there's no mark. And this can, so then there's an awakening to seeing there's no mark, but we have to wake up again and again and again to that. Post-awakening is having to move from that state of where I got to be jarred into where I consciousness have to be jarred into noticing my true nature to where I consciousness abide. Fred never abides in consciousness. That's the idea. Oh, I can't wait till I abide in oneness. I mean, there's you, you, you can't. There's no word there. The year because the one that wants to abide isn't real. Yeah. I think calls a change of occupancy. Yes, it's, that's exactly right. So the oneness, so it's when oneness takes over here, spirit, whatever you want to call it, to make any difference. Okay. But it's that replacement. So in the way that that happens is that our resistance to the idea that there's no mark thins. Okay. It fades. When I do it in an awakening session, we do, it's like we do, it's like neti neti on steroids. Right, we just do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So it's seen and the explosion happens, or it's not actually not usually an explosion, but it's seen and the piercing happens. But and it what ordinarily would take years can take place in a couple hours. But in post awakening, we still have to engage in that same activity over and over again until, as it and 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 those of I don't know who all here is abiding, but I can speak, but so to speak, but I can tell you that I am. So the, I, this is my now, here's the difference is that, is that, that awakeness, conscious awakeness is now my default experience. Yeah. That's the difference. You hit, once you hit that 51%, the, I have a, I have a, a client of mine that we were talking this week. And she was she was just so grateful, just so, so unbelievable, because the, she'd passed by the 51% mark, which meant it didn't mean she was completely abiding all the time, but it meant that she was abiding most of the time. 
that this had become her default position and that she was still capable of falling out of that, but that this was the default position. And that's what I call stability. That's stability is when you pass that 51%. So, but the default position isn't like emptiness or the witness position. It's a oneness position. It's more of a inclusive kind of thing. Yes. Or it's a... It, uh, it's, it is, it is. Like there's an intimacy to the oneness. That there's an intimacy. They isn't in the ground of being realization. It's like, it's the most significant aspect of it actually. So. It's the, 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 yes, right. I mean, the, the, the oneness is actually the more important experience that you have to have almost always, not always, but you almost always have to see what you're not before you can see what you are. I understand it sometimes happens in, in reverse order, but I, I've never seen that because it's not my method. It makes sense that nobody would have woken up with me that way because that's not the way that I teach it. But the, the, but the, but as we begin, because once we see that we're everything, that puts, and this is what I'm talking about, the subtle thing, is that that puts the juice back in life. Yeah. Because when you see that everything, there's no mark and it is just nothing, you, there's where nihilism and depression and everything else can kick in. Because what's the point, right? And yeah. it, it, can, it can be like that. And it doesn't mean it's always like that. It can be very freeing. It's a very important move. It's the most important move that you'll ever make, most important jump that you'll ever make. But it's not, the, but it's a long, long way from the complete jump. The, com the, the complete jump is when I see, what, 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 what did Nisar Gadata say? He said, he said, I breathe in and I am everything. I, or breathe out, I am nothing. I breathe, breathe in, I am everything. And between those two, my life turns. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. He didn't just have a, he didn't just have a witness experience. He did have the witness experience. So do I. Right this right this very minute, and and it and it, and it pretty much every other minute, but it's not the empty witness. It is the, this. It's my love for the dream. Right. It's not. It's not my because there's my love. Is my love is absolutely unconditional. I'm accepting this dream exactly as it's showing up with the foot caught under the desk and the itching in the head and everything that's it's perfect. And, 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 and ISIS and everything else, I'm accepting all of that. It rains on the just and the unjust alike is what Jesus said. And he's exactly right. Which I'm sure he'd be happy to hear. I agree with it, but. He's uh, <laughs> out there someplace. <laughs> finally, he says, finally, some corroboration. The, uh, <laughs> so, so. But it is accepting because what I am is that love. What I am is that acceptance. I don't, I, it's not just a matter of I am accepting everything, I am acceptance itself. I don't just love everything, there's no everything. There's just me, but my one of but, but, but my chief expression 
is this dream. And I am absolutely in love with it once I cease to be afraid of it. Hmm. Once I cease to try to get this, this, once I try to, once I cease insisting that the dream character be happy, that the dream character get what it gets, what it wants. Yeah. It seems like it's harder to, it's easier to jump to the witness and do that as a, practice than it is to move into oneness because oneness just seems to be spontaneous you know what i mean that's like uh there is, there is no the only practice for moving into oneness mark is accepting what is as it is that's the practice for this okay and it's if you go and you and you and you and you uh go to youtube and you search fred davis sense of being there there'll be two videos there and that'll show you two different meditations. It's the same meditation done two different ways, but that's, and that's what that is. It's what this is. It's, it is the same thing as what Nisargadatta said when he said, reside as the I am go there. That is because the I am is it's the last stop. This is as far as we can take you. You move beyond that, but I am is the vehicle, the recognition that, I'm this whole thing that, ah, uh, and, and this whole thing is in this whole thing is a dream. It, this whole, whole thing is because this whole, the thing about the dream is to understand it's not other than me, but it is not equal to me. Huh. I'm far beyond that. I am far beyond. See, because I don't even need manifestation, but it desperately needs me. Because in the absence of the sense of being, nothing exists. Huh. See, I am having the sense of being. I'm not even saying my being. I say I have the sense of being. I have a sense of being. What I am is beyond being or not being but I have a sense of being the doorway to what's beyond beyond the dream. Because what we usually, what we usually do, just and I've, I've got to run, but what we usually do is, just so you know, is what we usually do, and this is what happens, is that most of us, most of what we, we would call enlightenment that occurs in the spiritual community, this is people waking up um, uh, to the dream, right? You can wake up to the dream, but just so you know, you can also wake up from it. And that's a different thing. Nothing in it for the unit. So it's, it's nothing, there's nothing for me to sell. I'm just telling you that, that. That I don't know if I get that. I don't want to keep you. Oh, you won't get that. You won't get that until you do. All right. You don't need to. The, and you, you don't, you don't, the, the, what we want to do is because you just waking up to the dream. That's all you can do. The rest just has to happen. So waking up to the dream is that you see that life is a dream. Is, is that but you and you see that this is part of the dream that I'm it's not Mark's dream, but that Mark actually is the dream. Going there, that's as far as that's as far as, and you and and that's and that's what you can effort toward. And then you get sick of it and you don't effort toward that. <laughs> the other you can't even effort toward. 
Okay, so it just an understanding that arises sometimes and doesn't arise others. There's nothing, you know. It's just one of those things that it counts for nothing, but you do, you wouldn't give it up, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I have a session in thirteen minutes, so I need okay. to go and grab a, a grab something to eat. And um, as ever, it has been a wonderful session and wonderful to spend time with you. I thank you all very much. Love you. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye, Fred. Thank you. You're so welcome.